Because what happens is when you start talking about character, what our immediate response is to, is to focus on other people's lack of character, like our spouses or our kids. And you know, we would maybe lean over and be like, are you hearing this? You know, and, and elbow. So we said, no, this is an elbow-free zone because we don't want to be knockoffs. We want to be legit through and through. We want to be people of character. And as you know, the only person who can take care of your character is you. I'm the only one that's responsible for my own character, and so I need to focus on my own character. So we did the Pledge of Allegiance each of the times, and you guys have done a great job. I haven't seen any elbows. I haven't seen any of that. Like, like people are talking with people, and we've been, we've been focusing on our own character, which is really, really good. We define character this way the first week, that, that character is the will to do what is right, no matter what the cost. A lot of us, we, we all have will. It's not that the, we're, we don't like character. It's not that we're against character. It's just that sometimes we, in fact, that's probably the best thing you do. Cultivate, go find. There's an elbow-free zone. Because what happens is when you start talking about character, what our immediate response is to, is to focus on other people's lack of character, like our spouses or our kids. And, you know, we would maybe lean over and be like, you're you know, in, in elbow. So we said, no, this is an elbow-free zone because we don't want to, we don't want to be knockoffs. We want to be legit through and through. We want to be people of character. And as you know, the only person who can take care of your character is you. I, I'm the only one that's responsible for my own character. And so I need to focus on my own character. So we did the Pledge, Pledge of Allegiance each of the times. And you guys have done a great job. I haven't seen any elbows. I haven't seen any of that. Like, like people are, are, are talking with people, and we've been, we've been focusing on our own character, which is really, really good. We define character this way the first week, that, that character is the will to do what is right, no matter what the cost. A lot of us, we, we all have will. It's not that the, we're, we don't like character. It's not that we're against character. It's just that sometimes we run out of character. We run out of will. We have the will to do what's right when it's easy, when it's beneficial, when the boss is looking. But do we have the will to do what is right no matter what the cost, even when it's hard, when it might cost you something, like where you're going to have to lose face because of it, because you're going to have to fess up. You're going to have to tell the truth. That's when true character is, is, is found. And here's how we looked at it. We said true character is to be the same through and through. To, if someone's to cut your week open and see what you're like on a Tuesday afternoon to be the same that you were on Sunday morning at church, the same on a Friday night when you're out with the guys, it, it, you'd be the same person through and through. But the reality is, is a, a lot, all, all of us have pockets in areas of our lives where we have lack of character, where, it's, where we're, we're not quite what we seem to be. That we have character on the outside, but there's pockets of, of, of missing on the inside. Uh, and that's what it means to have lack of character. And we talked about the last, the first couple weeks together, we talked about just the general case for character, the importance of character. Last week, and then this, or last time we were together, and this last time for, uh, I'm sorry, let me start over. Hi, my name is Josh. Last time when we were together, we talked about how to develop character. We're going to continue that conversation as we end the series today. <clears throat> and we're going to get to specific. And today I want us to focus on the specific behaviors and the specific habits that tend to undermine our character. All of us have 
these things that we kind of struggle with over and over again. It's, it's the same thing a lot of times, that, you know, like our, it's our anger that gets us in trouble, that our lack of character stems from anger that we have in our lives or a habit. Or there's like, if you ever notice with your spouse, it seems like there's an argument that just keeps coming up over and over again. You're like, man, we've had this argument before. If you've ever felt that way, that's, a, that's, that's kind of normal. All of us have specific areas where our character kind of run out. Our will to do what is right kind of runs out, and we have these pockets in our, in our, our lack of character. And, and all, of us, all of us have these one, two, three different things this, that are specific to us that we kind of trip over time and time and time again. And here's our approach when we run into those things. We get overwhelmed. And for some of us as Christians, maybe we even pray, and we pray a super holy prayer that goes like this. Lord, please help me. Lord, please help me. Lord, please help me. Oh, help me, Lord, please. Amen. Have you, anybody prayed a prayer like that before? Like, you're just like, you're tired of struggling with the same thing over and over again, so you just, oh, Lord, help. Oh, Lord, help. Oh, Lord, help. Or maybe another thing that we do when we come up against character flaws or issues is like, man, I need to, I need to get back into church. You know, like, if I could just get back into church, it might help. And, and, and hear me right. I'm about to say something you probably wouldn't expect a preacher to say. I love church and I love prayer, but when it comes to facing specific character issues and flaws, lack of character in our lives, there are times when prayer and church attendance just aren't enough. That, that, uh, let, me, let me rephrase. There's times where prayers like that, Lord help, Lord help. He hears, the, hear, don't hear me wrong, the Lord hears every prayer that you pray and he cherishes it, but there's, there's better prayers. And going to church, yes, it helps Church attendance might help our character a little bit, but when it comes to specific, see, in this area is that you and I keep tripping up and tripping up again, there's something very specific going on. And that's, the bad news is, is prayer in church sometimes is not enough. The good news is, I want to talk about something today that is more, that, that, that is good, that, that will help us in those specific areas and speak to those specific areas where you and I just fall over and over again. And, and, and to be honest, wouldn't it be nice to have a different approach? I mean, for, for, I'm just speaking for myself. It's like, man, the same things happen over and over again. It's, and it's, it, wouldn't it be nice to have something that's a little bit different, a, a different approach? I'm going to put this today in terms that you, I promise you will not forget. I, do you remember the game Whack-A-Mole? Yeah, this is the game. If you forget the, the game, this is the game Whack-A-Mole. This is maybe a blast from your childhood. I don't know, maybe you still play. Like, this is a 35-year-old man playing Whack-A-Mole, <laughs> a picture. Whack-A-Mole is that game where, like, you know, the mole you know, pops up, and you smack it with the hammer, and then another one pops up, and you get tickets or points for how many you're able to smack. You, no one remembers this game? Oh, thank you. Okay, you guys are, like, really taking this in. Like, it's a deep <laughs> subject or something like that. I love this game. He, there's three ways you can win this game. The, w- the first is you can like stay focused and then you know as one pops up you smack it and then you know like you're looking for other ones and you smack it. Then there's always that kid. I love watching kids play this game. There's always that kid that's just like pounding, you know, just like wow, you know, like they get lucky every once in a while and they're flailing around. And then there's, do you, do you guys remember the way you can cheat in this game? How do you cheat? Anybody remember how do you cheat? You go and get a couple friends. And you just each put your hand over the holes. You can do this next time you play. You'll get tons of tickets. It's great. And everybody puts their hands over the holes and like the, the moles can never come up. You know, it's cheating, but it works. Um, now let's talk about the spiritual parallels 
that come along with whack-a-mole, which is probably something you did not think you would hear in church when you woke up this morning. But the, honestly, there's hundreds of them. I'm only going to pick three today because we, for lack of time. But there's, honestly, there's, there's so many different parallels, spiritual parallels. But here's what I want us to focus on. Here's number one. This is, this is spiritual parallel number one for our conversation today between uh, uh, temptations and, and whack-a-mole. Temptations in life are like moles in the game. There are not many but they sure do come back, keep coming back up. You know, we kind of talk about this a little bit. It's like the same thing over and over again, right? Like, you go back to that, can you go back to that picture quick? There's only like, what, six of them, seven moles there? It's kind of the same in our lives. Temptations are like the moles, and go back to the, the principle. They're kind of like the, 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 the moles in the game. There are not many of them, but they do keep coming back up. You just, you know, like you, you, you'll, if you ever kicked a habit, and then like six months later, it comes back up again. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like whack-a-mole. And if you don't believe me, just look at your next week. Think about what's going to happen next week and, 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 and map it out. Where are you going to struggle? Where are you going to get angry? Where are you going to get tired? Where are you going to get frustrated? Where are you going to be tempted to say words that you wish you didn't say? You know, all of us, some of us, some of us are going to get on a plane tomorrow and there begins that whole thing, you're traveling, and should I go, should I do this, should I not? You know, some of us, are, our boss is going to hand us something last minute again, and expect us to turn it around on the dime, and you want to just tell them off, you know, like for uh, you, or for for maybe ladies, you're, you're you're you wouldn't say this on Father's Day, but you, you're getting mad when when he comes home late all the time, and you're about to you're like you, you can just see it's six thirty, and you told him five thirty, and you need six thirty, and you're about to tell him off, and blah, 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 that whole thing starts again. You know what it is for the Donoffs in the Donoff household? Thursday nights, Chrissy and I noticed this this it, during the school year. By the time Thursday night rolls around, everybody has, like, is at the end of their fuse. Everybody's tired. The kids are crazy. And, and, and inevitably, they will, Thursday night will end with me yelling, at, you know, like there's kids running around, be like, calm down. Everybody just calm down right now for the love of God and everything holy. Calm down. You know, like that's Thursday nights at the Nanaf household. It got so bad that Christy and I started playing a game where we counted points for, all the, for kids that cried. Like, and it had to, kids, we have three kids, and at least two of them had to be crying to get points. It'd be like, and, and if two kids were crying, it'd be like, oh, two points. Not, hey, just pause for a second. <laughs> this is not good parenting, okay? This is, this is a serious, this is, this is a knockoff move, okay? Because it got bad. It got to the point where, like, literally, the two little ones started crying, and my oldest, Jovi, all of a sudden, one day says, two points. <laughs> no bueno. But that, you, know, you can look at your, your week, and you can see things in your life. Like, you can see it coming. If you really stop and think about it, you can map out where your temptations, where you're going to fall, where you're, where you're going to want to cheat, where you're going to want to you know, knock off, and, and, and where your character is going to run out. Because temptations are, in life are like moles in the game. There aren't many, but they do keep coming back up. Spiritual principle number two from Whack-A-Mole. Here we go. The best strategy is to stay focused and smack hard. Okay, you know, like there's the flailing kid. That doesn't work. You get lucky sometimes. And we'll talk about this in a second. The best strategy for winning the game and and improving our character is to stay focused. And when those temptations come up, get very specific and smack those hard. Like like don't don't just, oh, Lord, help me, oh, Lord, help me. That's, That's flailing. There's something more specific we can do. We'll talk about that in a second. The same, like we can't have a half-hearted prayer life. We can't have a half-hearted spirituality or Christianity if we really want to fight these things is what we're going to find out. Here's the third principle. 
Instead of a fuzzy mallet, God has given us his word. When it comes to growing in character, that, that, you know, we don't get a fuzzy mallet, but we do get a hammer. We're going to find this in a second. We do get God's word. It, it, and, and here's the thing. I don't know what you think of when you think of the Bible, but here's the reality is for centuries, Christians have found the Word of God to be extremely helpful, specific portions of the Word, and, and, and memorization, Scripture memorization has always been a large part of the Christian faith. Putting God's Word in your heart so that I might not sin against you, Psalm 119. When we do that, it's like God's handing us a mallet and saying, go nuts. Okay, okay, yeah, that, that thing's going to creep up, smack it. Hit it hard. Here's a hammer. And here's, here's, here's the big idea for today. We, we, when it comes to the, we're facing specific lives, we need to have specific truths. This, you and I, when we have that area of our life where we just keep falling into it, keep falling in that pitfall in our life, which is the same thing, that same argument, the same habit, there's a specific lie that we are believing every time we step into that. And instead of, you know, like, like, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, we need, to be, we need to take what he's given us, meaning his word, the specific truths in scripture, and we need to hammer those lies specifically. And so here's what I want to do today, because I want to end really, Caleb and I were talking about this before, I try to get as practical as possible. It is helpful as possible, because even if you're, if you're returning to faith, if you're not quite sure if what you believe or if you, what we're doing here is what you believe, I'm still glad you're here, because hopefully, week in and week out, there are things that are specific and helpful to you. This one's helpful. And so what I want you to do is, this is kind of fun, everybody reach underneath your seat, and you will find an envelope there. I'm not joking. Some of you are looking at me like I'm joking. Help out your neighbor if they're having a hard time. In that envelope, there's actually eight hammers in there. Okay, there's, there's eight scriptures in there. Do me a favor. Don't start just sorting through them. They're in order. So get, you know, get the envelope open. And we're going to walk through. These are eight specific hammers for eight areas. And, and just so you know, the staff and I have been praying over this all week. We spent some time saying, hey, what, we, had, we started with so many, God's word is so helpful and so specific. It was painstakingly hard to figure out just eight to do, eight for, to give to you. But we, we also said, we don't want to overwhelm you, which by the end of this, I promise you'll feel overwhelmed. But to, to, to combat that, here's what I want from you today, here, just so we're clear. These are stickers, and each of them have a different verse, and each of them deal with a different area of our lives that we might struggle with. I want you, everybody, eyes up here quick. You've you got plenty of time to look at these later. Eyes up here. Just take one. Our goal for you today is to take one of these. You can leave the rest of them here on your seat. Take one of them. It's a sticky. Stick it where it needs to be, on your dashboard, on a mirror, in your bathroom. You know, stick it on your dresser. Like, stick it somewhere where you, where you, uh, where you need that truth the most, to com that specific truth to combat the specific lie. That's the goal for today. That's all we want you to do. Now, without further ado, let's start walking through these. Because this is, guys, this is so cool. No, I'm not even going to go there. Let's just keep going because we're going to, this is, it'll be too long. These are the, the hammers. The first one should be, you should be looking at Romans 12 too. And this is uh, on the back of it. If you look at the back of it, it says change. 
This is, this is a, a verse that speaks against the specific lies about what we believe about change. Because here's, and this is one we, we wanted to start with this one, because a lot of us have gotten to the point that we don't feel like we can change anymore. A lot of us, because we've struggled with things, we've tried things, we've tried to kick the habit, whatever, we've given up and we said, this is just the way we've been, this is, this is who I am. We talked about this a little bit last time when we were together. And hear the thing, hear me out. If the older you are, the more this is true. This is me speaking. Like the older I get, the more uh, used to the character flaws that I have in my life because it's like, I guess this is just who I am. This is just who God made me to be. Here's the lie behind when we say we can't change. When we, the lie is we, we start to believe, I can't change. I'm just, I'm just that way. And we start to blame, like what we do is we start to blame our heritage. You know, this is just what, the way my mama raised me. You know, we start to blame our culture. You know, like this is just, you know, like I had, a, I had a boss once who was a really hard boss and I tried to talk to somebody like constructively about it. Like, what do I do? And they're like, yeah, he's just German. I was like, seriously? Like, it's not like he's fresh off the boat or something like that. Like, like he's German heritage and that was, anyway. Like, we, we can blame our heritage. We can, you know, blame our gender. This is just the way men act, you know. Um, we can blame our upbringing. You know, my mom, she left. My dad was never there for me. Let, let, let's, if you ever find yourself resigning yourself to a bad behavior, resisting change, you need to have this verse in mind. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect world, will. If you ever find yourself creeping up, you know, I'd like to change, but I guess I can't. The first thing that needs to come to your mind is no, 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 I'm not going to conform any longer to the pattern of this world. You know what your heritage is? You know what your, 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 your uh, pattern, you know what habits are? Those are patterns of the world. Th- those are, and we need to resist that. We need to hammer that. And here's the thing. The reason why we want you to memorize this, if this is the scripture for you, this is the one that resonates with you the most, you need to memorize this because, because it, can't, it can't be far away it needs to be like when temptations come, it needs to be right on the tip of your tongue. And so you need to be saying, you know, I'm not going to conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but I will be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Then I'll be able to test and prove that, that what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, when we resist change, we resist, resist the idea that God has a will for his, our life. He wants to do something different in our lives. And we need to speak that specific truth for that specific lie and hammer it. Okay, second one. Flip to the next one. This is about anger, or you could even say it's about revenge. You know what the lie is when it comes to anger? The lie is my anger is okay because they deserve it. My anger is okay because they had it coming. And can I just be honest with you? As I work with marriages and and counseling people, anger is a huge issue. Anger Anger is a lot of damage in marriages. Because, and, and here's why, it, it sneaks up on us because what happens is, is we think we can be angry because they deserve it. We, they deserve it because they, they aren't giving me what I deserved, what they said they would give me. And so anger, it creeps up in our lives. And as a result, when, when, when there's a family or a place, we're all tiptoeing around because we never know when dad's going to snap. We never know when, you know, like, it's going to be all right. Things seem good now, but who knows when. Here, here's, if, if anger is your thing, um, this is the hammer you need to keep close. 
This is such a good verse. Everybody, this is James 1, everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That right there is money in the bank. You just, if you just did that, if you were, just, you know, if you were quick to listen, you didn't cut out into people, but you let, let them talk, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, become angry. your life would get better. My life would get better. It's a good practice in by itself. But this next part really shines a light onto what the problem with anger really is, and, and we need to hear this. Here's why. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Here's the truth about our anger, men. Especially men, men we, we, we're, we get angry. Oh, if we go, here's the truth about anger. If we go down that road, and we know this to be true, it usually does not bring about good things. It doesn't mean we're wrong. We have a right, we probably have a right to be angry, but if we, if we act out in our anger, good things don't necessarily fall, come, come about. You know, it does not, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. It does not bring the resolution that we will really want. Here's what happens when I get angry and I act out on it. I, 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 bring, I get angry because, I'm ju- because I want justice for me. But I act out it in such a way that I bring injustice back. I, I, I correct the injustice against me, but I do it in an unjust, unjust way. <laughs> so it's like a teeter-totter. It just goes like this. And that's typically what happens with human anger. If, if we act out individually on our anger, it does not bring about the, the, the righteousness that God desires. So we, you know, guys, when we feel that, if we feel ourselves powering up, we've got to be like, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Well, I, wait, 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 wait. I know I'm mad right now, but I need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You know, we need to, we need to say those. We, that, and guys, can you see how, especially anger, isn't it amazing how fast it can snap? We need to have this right on the tip of our tongue. We need to have hidden this word in our hearts. Because out of our hearts comes our anger. <laughs> and so it needs to be right there, like as we feel it coming up. No, oh, no, 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 no. Here's the, the, the lie is that they deserve it. Here's the truth. If I get angry at them, it will not go well. So I'll be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Selfishness is the next one. Here's the lie. <laughs> Selfishness. <laughs> my deal is more important than your deal. I, I'm... My deal's more special. I, I'm just more special than you are. And maybe not always, but in this moment right now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm special. It's, my thing is more important than your thing. Honey, I know, I know, I know, but I, I really want to watch this game. This, is, this game's really important to me. Click, click. I, I know the kid, I know, but this is, you know, the, honey, how many, how many baseball games are there a year? And your wife's like, like 178. You know, but like, it, it, isn't it amazing? You laugh, but it's amazing how many trivial things we can use to make ourselves like, like feel special. If you're, if you, th- hear me out, if you're a parent, this is the one that has the, this, this has the potential to tear you away from your kids the most. Th- this idea of selfishness, because <laughs> I was thinking about it this week. I was like, man, it doesn't matter how work goes, if it's good, bad, or ugly. I can come home, and if, if I come home, I could come home from a, a long day of work, and I'm tired, and I could use that to say I'm, I'm special, I, need, I get an out. I could come home, and I could feel like, uh, you know, like I could feel stressed because I didn't get what I was supposed to get done, and I still got to get done, so honey, I, I don't know if I can do dinner because I'm going to work a little bit more. 
And on the, the complete other side, can, can, you ever feel this way? You could have a great day at work and just knock it out of the park and you feel like you're, you're a, a hero and so you should get the spotlight. And so your kids, yeah, yeah, I know you finger painted today. That's great. Daddy made money. Come on. I made the deal. You see, you see how if we're not careful, there's this gravitational pull towards ourselves. And here's what we need to speak against this. This is so good. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vacancy. When you feel that rising, like, ah, it's been a rough day, but I am going to, I'm going to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vacancy, but rather in humility, I'm going to value others better than myself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Can we just admit that a ton of our character flaws are tied up in selfishness and pride? What if this was in the back of our mind all the time? See, this is, this is God's word. This is God. He loves us so much. Our Heavenly Father doesn't want our family. Like, he doesn't want us to be selfish. He wants to save us from that. He says, so you know what you do? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You see how that's a hammer? That'll that combat that specific lie that, you know, you've had a rough day. So you just... You just go on cruise control and let her take care of everything. No, 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 no. Imagine, imagine if you stuck this on your dashboard, this verse, that's a sticker right there. Stick that out. If this is your one, stick this on your dashboard. And on your drive home, drive that truth home <laughs> every day. Okay, I've had a long day at work, but I see it now. I'm going no, to get home, and, and the kids are going to do this, and she, you know, I'm going to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Isn't that good? Next one, materialism. The lie when it comes to our stuff, both what we have and what we don't have, is, is this. As soon as, okay, okay, yeah, I know I got this, but as soon as I can get that, I'll be happy. As soon as I get that house or get the raise or get the promotion, then I'll be happy. Then I'll have enough. Then I'll be content. Then I will have it. And it's really about peace. <laughs> like, if I had that, I'd be so, it'd just be great. Things would be better. I'd have peace. Another one we say is like, if I had that, once I have this, once I had this much amount of money in the bank, I'd be generous. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, here's the thing. That kind of thinking is a carrot on a string. You know what I mean? I, I, I felt this yesterday. I was in REI yesterday. Just the smell of that store makes me happy. It is just so wonderful. There's just, I mean, like, and I'm just walking around thinking about, like, man, I didn't even know that existed before I walked in, but I need it. And if, if I had that, I would be so happy. And it's true. I would actually be happy for a little bit. And, I, you know, I, I did buy some stuff, and it made me happy, some new boots, it's great. But here's the funny thing about it all, and, and I have a really hard time seeing this. We have a really hard time seeing this. I have a garage-sized trunk, uh, 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 chunk of REI gear at home that doesn't make me happy anymore. But yet here I am back at REI <laughs> shopping. <laughs> Why? Because it's a lie that as soon as I get this, as soon as I get that, if I could just get this, then I'll be happy, and then I'll cool it, and then I'll, then I'll be generous. As soon as I get enough, then I'll... Do you see how this is a carrot on the string? 
Do you see how, how, how silly we can become of like, oh, no, no, like, like I'm not wealthy. You know, like we, we play that game with like what wealthy is, and then we get to that line. We you know, make that wealth line. It's like, well, that's not actually wealthy. This is wealthy. See, God wants to save us for all, from all of this. This is an unbelievable hammer right here. This is Proverbs 30. And he says, keep falsehood and lies from me. This is a prayer. This is the, the guy who's writing Proverbs. This is a prayer you can pray. Lord, keep falsehood and lies from me. There are a lot of lies when it comes to wealth. Give me poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Isn't that, isn't that a cool prayer? Did you know that was in the Bible? I call this the sweet spot prayer. Lord, keep me in that sweet spot. Keep me where I have neither, I, I don't want to be poor, I don't, but I, I don't want to be rich. Just give me what I need. And here's why. Otherwise, I may have too much <laughs> and disown you and say, who is the Lord? <laughs> or if you give me less than I can handle, Lord, I, I may become poor and steal and so dishonor you, my name. So Lord, Lord, I, what I, I'm waking up today and I know that I got lots of stuff, but I, I want you, my prayer is that you only give me as much as I can handle. Lord, you know, give me poverty nor riches. Just right in that sweet spot. Give me just enough. Because <laughs> if you give me too much, I'll do this funny thing. I'll be like, I don't need God. I got a boat. <laughs> what? Who needs God? We got a condo up in Breck. <laughs> you know, like we play these silly things. And we can get to the point with our stuff where it's like we have enough of it, where we disown God. And, and, and God, this is why we started a church. It's because there's 10,000 plus people in this tiny little town that don't go to church that they're good people pursuing good things and in danger of missing a great god and part of it is their stuff and we're not immune to that if you've got a you know home and a car and your garage and that kind of stuff like like on a global scale you're wealthy and probably on a local scale it's evergreen let's make sure that that stuff isn't distracting us getting to the point where we <laughs> disown god what if we woke up, what if every time we went into a store, we were like, yep, I'm going to go to the store, but Lord, give me poverty nor riches. Just, but give me what, my, what I, my daily bread so that I will not you know, disown you and say, who is the Lord? I don't need the Lord. I, I'm going to go shopping. But on the flip side, don't, you know, like, what, what if we prayed those prayers? What if you had that right there in your mind? If that was the thing. It would be great. Oh, I've memorized, I, I wrote this down. If, memorize that verse. Put it right next to your credit cards. Good spot for it. It's about credit card size. Just slip that right into your wallet. Let, let yourself see that every once in a while. Here's the next one. Authority. The lie with authority is if I don't agree with the rule, I don't need to keep the rule. If I don't like the rule, I don't need to keep the rule. If I don't like the person writing the rule, <laughs> I don't need to keep the rule. If it gets in the way of, you know, I just, uh, if I can just sidestep this or tell one little lie or cut one little corner, I get so further, so I don't need to keep that rule. Stupid stop signs fall under this, you know, bosses, certain bosses, TPS reports at work, you know, things that like, oh, this is so dumb. When I was, when I was a kid, they asked my mom about this. This is a big one for me. Authority is a big one for me. Um, when uh, you can ask my mom, uh, the, I always struggled with teachers that I didn't like. And you know what I'd do those teachers? I wouldn't study at all. <laughs> I showed them. <laughs> I did this in college, actually, once. This is probably what got me in the most trouble. Statistics class. I really did not like this teacher. So I showed her. 
I didn't study. I didn't do the homework, and I failed the tests. <laughs> and the class. <laughs> but it's like, wait, wait can, can we just all agree that, that some of us, some of our, our biggest regrets, our biggest marks on our character, and some of the, the largest holes in our character are, di- are direct result for our problem of authority. Some of us have lost jobs over it. Because we have problems with authority. But we showed them... <laughs> We hurt ourselves. Here's here's the hammer. Romans 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. That line right there. If you have a problem with authority, you're like, there is no authority except for what God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against authority is actually rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. We need to keep the laws of the land, not out of respect for the laws and not out of respect for the lawgivers, because they're not always respectable. We need to keep them because of, of who's behind them, that God is the ultimate authority, that everybody should be subject to the governments, for there is no authority except that which God has established. We need to keep the law out of respect for the one behind all of the laws. If you have a problem with authority, you need to keep this verse front and center. This needs to be right on your mind. This needs to be in your memory, on the tip of your brain, on the tip of your tongue. And I just, can I say personally, it's hard to explain, but the times that I've responded poorly to God, to, to earthly authorities, it, it has a direct connection in, 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 on my relationship with God. It's, it's, I, it's hard to explain. Some of you might understand this or have felt this before. On the flip side, when I'm able to submit to earthly authorities, I'm amazed at what it does to my connection and relationship with God. I'm ama- it's, just, it's just this principle. When I'm able to be like, God, I can't stand this, but I will do it because of, not out of respect for them, but out of respect for you, he and I get close. It's just kind of what happens. Okay, how are we doing? You guys doing all right? Everybody, everybody kind of just shake a little bit. I know, this is so long. Like, like we, this is as, as small as we could whittle it down to. Hang with me. Again, remember, how many of these are you supposed to remember? One, not eight. I know this is, yep, one, okay? All right, this is thought life. The lie with our thought life is, I can't help what I think about. It just comes to my mind, and I, and I think about it. And I can't really help that, so... Here's is a kind of a secondary lie when it comes to thought life as well. Is it, it doesn't really matter what I think about as long as I don't act on it, right? Like, I, you know, I know it's up there, but like I don't act that way. And, and I, I can't go into the details, but if, if you've ever followed Jesus in the gospel, he definitely had something to say about this. He's like, you know, you've heard of adultery and you're not supposed to do that. I tell you, if you even look at a woman, that's adultery. You know, in, in, with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery in your heart. And Jesus walked into this place. There's like 600. There's so many laws. And he said, you guys think you're good? I'm actually kicking it up a notch. And here's why. He wasn't a stickler. He wasn't trying to make people feel bad. He was just trying to, what he was saying, like, because he knew that what's in our hearts just has a tendency to end up outside of our hearts eventually. That's the reality. What What we have in our hearts eventually kind of plays out of our hearts. And so our thought, our thoughts are important. So we need to say this. Set your mind on things above. When you find your, your, your brain drifting, your, your thoughts drifting where you don't want them to be, you can be like, whoa, 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 no, I'm going to set my mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you have died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you should also appear with him in glory. Men, if you're wrestling with lust and, you know, she comes walking by and you're like, ah, I don't want to look, you need to start saying this. I'm going to set my mind on things above, not on earthly things, for for I died and my life is hidden in Christ and God. By the time you get done with this, she's gone. She's around the corner. It's great, you know? That was a joke. (laughs) The stuff works, but... um, Ladies, some of you, like, you're, with your thought life, it's like, you just, you, you like being mad at people, and you like to sit and think about being mad at her or him or whatever. When, when that creeps up, you need, to, you need to hammer that. You need to say, hey, no, 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 no. I know I want to be mad at them, and I know it's going to make me feel like I'm going to be happy if, I, if I'm mad at them, but I'm going to set my mind on, on things above, not on earthly things, for I've died. You need to hammer that. Here we go. Next one. Escape. The lie, and, and let me explain what escape is. If it, the, the lie behind escaping is if I can just get away, like life is just kind of stressful right now, and if I can just get away, if I can escape through a hobby or a substance or a game or fitness or shopping, television, entertainment, I mean, literally, I just started making this list, a busy schedule, a career. There are so many ways that we can just be like, life's hard, life sucks, so I'm just going to be over here. I'm going to be in the workshop, and so I don't have to think about things. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's, here's the truth. Here's the truth right here. This is Psalm 62. My soul finds rest in God. And you could add the word alone. That's the truth. And I love this phrase. I was thinking about it this week. I was like, my soul, it says my soul. Do you know, do you know why we're drawn to those things? Do, do you know why we're drawn to substances or hobbies or fitness or whatever to, to steal us away when things are not going well or we get overwhelmed? Do you know why we're drawn to that? Because those things, those, those things th- that we chase, they're actually very capable of stealing us away, of, of occupying our mind, of distracting us and keeping our minds off of it for a while, right? That's why we go towards them. It makes sense why we go towards them, because they're actually really effective. If I can just drown my sorrows away by drinking, it'll, 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 you know, for a period of time, that goes away. What, this, what the psalmist says is, my, my soul finds rest in God alone. It, it might do, those things might do something for our mind. They do nothing for our soul. Our, when our soul finds rest in God alone, what happens is, and this makes sense, when we get time with the designer, the one who designed us, he, get, he encourages, he gives us courage. He puts courage inside of us to face those problems that we're trying to escape. And so if, if you ever find yourself escape, trying to escape things, and you're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I know if I go over here, like, yes, it'll make, it'll make me feel better for a while, but my soul finds rest in God alone. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. And well, I will not be shaken. These things, they won't protect me. Yes, they'll steal my mind away for a while, but they won't protect me at all. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for the Lord is, for God is our refuge. And notice it says refuge, not one of our refuges. He is the refuge. See, when we, when we pursue other things, when we, when we go to fitness, when we go to, to substances, when we go to television, when we want to escape, we need to remind ourselves. It needs to be right in our heads. No, God is my true refuge. I will find refuge in him. Um, let's see, one last one. This is loneliness. And it, for the sake of time, I'm going to go quickly through this. But the lie that we believe in loneliness is that I'm not worth being with. 
Everybody just look up here. Can I just say that God totally disagrees with you on that? Like 100%, like, like there's a lot of scriptures we could have used for loneliness. All these scriptures where God is saying, I am with you. I am with you. I is like, no, 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 child, child. I am with you. You are worth being around. Isaiah 41, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you in your loneliness with my righteous right hand. So you ready? You ready for the whack-a-mole game this week? Whatever it is for you, what's going ri- to pop up? What's the best one out of these? I challenge you, don't leave today without one of these in your back pocket. And with the, with the resolution to put it to memory. Because we all know is like when they start creep, when those temptations start creeping up and they challenge our character, we can't be like, oh yeah, there was that sermon that one time. We can't be reaching. It's got to be right there, right on the front of our brains, right, uh, right where we can we can speak the specific truth to battle and hammer to smack that specific lie. So what's going to happen next week? Think, you know, like, I think it would also be beneficial for you to think through your, your coming days, even the next 24 hours. What's going to happen in the next 24 hours that's going to try your patience? That's going to make you frustrated? That's going to draw you over there? And what are you going to say when it comes? Don't leave today without picking one. Oh, here's another thing. This is so just scratching the f- surface of what's in Scripture. Like, like if, you, if, if you're like, yeah, this is my area, but that verse doesn't do much for me, don't worry about it. Go find your own. In fact, that's probably the best thing you do. Cultivating that kind of, of, of Bible study is really good. And, and here, 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 hear me out. Don't fall under the, 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 the trap of thinking, well, the Bible's so big, I can't find anything. It's called Google. It does wonderful things. Okay, find, it searches even the Bible. It's great. So don't let that be your excuse. Don't, don't let that. And here's the other thing is if you're not a believer, like you're not even sure if the Bible is true, go to Proverbs. Proverbs is just good, solid advice. You'd be like, yeah, no one can disagree with that. And it speaks to so many different areas of life. You'll find something good and pithy and easy to remember there. When it comes to specific lies, prayer and church isn't enough. We need specific truth. The question is, will you do what it takes to find what those lies are and then seek out the truth and then hammer it home? Keep it in your memory. Because we can sit and pray and we can go to church and be like, God, I thought this, you know, I'm, I'm trying, you know, God help me, God help me, God help me. It's like, yeah, I hear that prayer. But I've given you a hammer. Use it. Your church staff has given you hammers. <laughs> Use it. Because what if we did? What, what might happen to our character? What might we grow in character? How might we grow in character? And here's another thing that I want to end, end this way. What would it do for the people around us? Not, not, not just like us getting better. When we get better, everything gets better. You know, people, people benefit from that. But what would it do? What about your kids? Isn't it horrible to watch your kids flounder in insecurity? And, and just kind of like, oh, what do I do? And you pray for them. Lord, help them. Lord, bless them. Lord, help them. Lord, bless them. What if you got specific with those prayers? said, hey, hey, child, come here. I know you're struggling with this. Here's a hammer. 
Do, do you want to know how God looks at this? What, what, wouldn't that feel so good as a parent to, have, to be able to give them something more than just, I'm praying for you? But no, 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 child, this is how we fight this. What would I do to help your spouse? You watch your spouse in, dis- in depression or loneliness or whatever, and you're like, honey, let's pray this together. What might that do to bring us together? And then lastly, what might it look like as a church if we supported ourselves this way, each other this way? This is why we do a thing called life groups, because circles are better than rows. We've said that from the beginning. Because what if, you know, like, what if uh, through life groups we tell life stories and, and you start to, like, you, inevitably through five-minute life stories, you start to hear some of the lies of, like, this is my struggle, this is what I don't believe about God. What if we spoke those truths to each other? Whew. That's church. That's church. That's what God's desire is for us. If you, if you I, I wasn't planning on saying this, but if you need prayer, if you're just stuck on one, like, like, you're like, Josh, these categories didn't work for me, but there's something there. I'd love to sit down with you. Jessica would love to sit down with you. Grab someone next to you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to give you stickers that you can make for yourself. God has given us so much. He, he desires character for, for us so much because there's such a great life there that like a good heavenly father, he hasn't left us out to dry. He hasn't left us alone. And you can do it. You can put these these verses in your heart so that you might not sin against him. Oh, yeah, that was the whack-a-mole. The, the one last whack-a-mole principle is if we all got together, we can cheat. You know what I mean? Like, like that's like, you know how you get the, the kid that cheats by putting on the hands? That's kind of like what happens when we get together is we get to, you know, we get to support one another and it'll feel like cheating because it works so well. Let's pray. God, thanks for your word. And, and, and Lord, I know there's hearts in here that are heavy. My, my, my heart's heavy this week. I'm just tired. And I, I pray that, that um, this message would lift us up, not, not push us down. Lord, that these next three songs that we sing together, that as we come and we think about you through this, that we would be lifted up. That we would find the hope that you want to give us. You're a good God. And you, you hear every, every word, that, every prayer that we pray. And you've given us so much. You've given us what we need to be people of, of character, men and women of character, to follow after your Son. I pray that through, like we said last time, that, through the, uh, that we would stay close to you, that, that through these verses we would stay close to you, we would abide in you throughout our weeks. Lord, speak to us specifically through your word today. Amen.